0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. As always, the slogan for this episode is Give Me Liberty, as we focus on current events and the news through a conservative perspective. Today on the show, we'll be focusing on the coronavirus, the effects it's had on the economy, and different policies regarding what we should do about it, and of course, Joe Biden, who is even closer to winning the nomination than ever. And of course, stay tuned for more episodes to come, as there'll be a new episode every day for the next two weeks, as well as some Give Me Liberty shorts coming out soon. My name is James Wilson. You're listening to The James Wilson Show. Alright, so this episode may be a little shorter, but... We're going to hop right into the news, and of course, there'll be a new episode every day, as well as some new Give Me Liberty shorts coming out, which I'm really excited about, especially the one I'm recording today on the coronavirus, which happens to be the first topic of today on the show as well. So let's dive right in. So the coronavirus, we've talked about it on the James Wilson show before. We're going to review what we know as of right now and some policies regarding it, some responses to Trump and the coronavirus. This is a scary time, to be completely honest, for the coronavirus. It has a very high death rate among older generations, as well as the effects it is having on our economy. The Dow Jones pretty much wiped out everything Trump did for the economy Over his presidency as it's now under twenty thousand, that's scary. I mean, for people invested in the stock market right now, that's scary. For you know, all those wanting to know what's going to happen in the future of the economy, unemployment rate, retirement, inflation, loss of jobs, all of that is going to be interesting to see what happens and the government has to be really careful in its next steps on what to do in order to not only contain the coronavirus, but also the United States economy and the world economy, because let's face it, the coronavirus is everywhere, and it's very contagious. So before we get into some of the policies, I'd like to just start by talking about the coronavirus. The Johns Hopkins University of Medicine has a web page that gives a bunch of statistics, really good site on what we know about the coronavirus, the map, uh, confirmed cases, confirmed recoveries, deaths. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So John Hopkins reports the most confirmed cases uh, by country, region, or sovereignty, happens to be China, which as we'll get into later, The coronavirus did originate from China. So, no, it's not racist to call it the Chinese flu or the Wuhan flu. So, China has 81,000 confirmed cases. Italy, we've been hearing a lot of Italy in the news as well, has 31,000 cases. Next, with Iran, 17,000 cases. And Spain with 13,000 cases. So, those are just the top four countries of who, who has the most confirmed cases as of right now. Um, obviously, the United States is not in the top four, but they are getting close, Spain being in fourth place with 13,000. The United States currently has just over 7,000, 8,000 cases as of right now. So obviously, it's become more of an issue. Just a month or two ago, we only had five cases, though it just really shows how fast the coronavirus spread. So just adding to the dangers of it. There are deaths. There have been a total of 8,248 deaths, uh, 3,000 of those from Hubei, China, 2,500 from Italy, and 1,100 from Iran. And then good news is there happens to be a lot more recovered. 56,000 recovered 56,900 recovered from Hubei, China, 5,300 recovered from Iran, and 2,900 from Italy. So interesting statistics there. Obviously, the coronavirus does not have the biggest death rate among younger generations. Something that this is scary for is people who happen to be older or who have an underlying condition uh, medical issue, respiratory, smoking, all those sorts of medical issues that can play into the danger that coronavirus can play in your life. Obviously, as we talk about this further, it's important to take precautions of the coronavirus, try to limit this thing as fast as possible to limit and mitigate the effects that coronavirus can have on, on us as a country as well as on the global stage so that's just a little info on what the coronavirus has been doing, also known as the COVID COVID-19. Okay, so now getting into the more current event side of the coronavirus, Trump tweeted uh, that he wanted March 15th to be a national day of prayer. So here's, here's what his tweet actually says. It is my great honor to declare Sunday, March 15th, that was three days ago, as national day of prayer. We are a country that, throughout our history, has looked to God for protection and strength in times like these. No matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together, we will easily prevail. So I read that. Is there anything wrong with that? No, of course not. Uh, And then Daily Wire reports similarly, Um, At his last day of the union, Trump also said, In America, we celebrate faith, we cherish religion, we lift our voices in prayer, and we raise our sights to the glory of God. Another great thing to say. So two great things to say. His announcement of a national day of prayer came after holding a press conference in the White House garden saying, I am officially declaring a national emergency. He said the presidential directive will make available more than $50 billion for state and local governments to respond to the coronavirus outbreak. So the World Health Organization has declared coronavirus a pandemic. The United States has declared, you know, a national emergency over the coronavirus. So coronavirus is very serious stuff and something that we should all be concerned about moving into the future, both socially, health-wise, and economically, which we'll get to in a second. So is calling a national emergency... Coronavirus now being a pandemic with many cases in the United States, and now posting on Twitter that March 15th, just three days ago, Sunday, is going to be a national day of prayer, that's that's a good response to what's happening right now. Now, obviously, if Trump were to say, it's going to be a national day of prayer and we're going to do nothing about it. Now, that would be a little different situation, but what Trump is calling for is a national day of prayer that... No matter what your faith is, pray, you know, for the for people who are affected by coronavirus, that it doesn't get any worse than it already is. And then the government will take the, you know, regulations, everything it needs to do to help contain the coronavirus. In no way, shape or form is Trump saying that, uh, you know, I want you to pray and we'll hope it will be over. Uh, That's not exactly what Trump is saying. But of course, people who hate Trump, partisans who just hate everything Trump does, has to blame everything on Trump. I mean, not only that, but this is election year, so you might see more of that anyway. So David Hogg says, don't let this administration address COVID-19 like a national gun violence epidemic. Bleep a national day of prayer. We need immediate comprehensive action. Trump is not saying that we're not going to have immediate comprehensive action. All he is saying is that, you know, he'd like to declare it a national day of prayer. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, religious and moral values are what made the United States so great. You know, the United States has more people than ever, that declare themselves religious, than anywhere else in the world. And that's what made our nation so great. Not only now, not only then, but in the founding documents. I mean, you look at the Declaration of Independence, and it talks about God-given rights. Not, not rights granted by the government. God-given rights. Rights that exist pre-exist the government, that pre-exist humans. Rights given to us before we came to earth, before... All this happened god-given rights that's not something the government can take away when we say the pledge of allegiance we say one nation under god there are so many different areas of society and the founding and our national documents are constitutional ones everything that allows religion that has allowed a religion to make the united states such a great place so on top of that of course someone had to say that and not only that, but it had to be retweeted by a representative, as we all know well at this point, Rashida Talib, Yes, part of the squad. AOC, Ayanna Pressley, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Talib, known as the squad, a group of young representatives in the House of Representatives. So, she happened to retweet this, <laughs> this. This craziness that promotes fear and anger and hatred and division among the American people. So, of course, we get some of that, Representative Rashida Tlaib retweeting that. And, I mean, good for people, you know, she received some backlash over that, you know, saying, wow, that is not right. Why why did you do that? So then Rashida um, decided to take that back a step and said, Quote, let me be clear, as someone who's been praying through this this all, and as someone who attended the National Prayer Breakfast, my retreat was not an attack on prayer. It was to bring attention to the need for meaningful action to combat the public health crisis. We need economic stimuli for individuals, businesses, and our local communities, testing access for all, expanded paid sick leave and employment benefits, etc., 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 Okay, and is Trump saying that that's not going to happen? When you read, let me read this again. It is my great honor to declare Sunday, March 15th, as a national day of prayer. We are a country that, throughout our history, has looked to God for protection and strength in times like these, Trump tweeted. No, he tweeted. No matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together, we will easily prevail. When you hear that, do you assume that Trump is saying that there's going to be no government action towards the coronavirus at all? No, absolutely not. Of course not. If if you think that Trump is saying that he will take no action besides declaring it a National Day of Prayer, I think you should reread the tweet and what he actually says. And actually look at some current events and news where Trump and the you know, Senate House of Representatives have gotten some bipartisan things passed. Uh, ideas, bills, resolutions passed to help people in this crisis and this global pandemic. In no way, shape, or form should anyone read that and think that Trump is saying, okay, you guys are on your own. No, it's just added measure. I mean, Trump is exactly right. We rely on religion in this country. It's part of our founding documents. It's a huge part of the United States. Personally, I'm Christian as well. So to suggest that you can't bring religion into anything at all is absolutely absurd. Now, Rashida Tlaib had to take this back, obviously, and basically what she said is we need to do things that are already happening on the government level already, you know, bills that are most likely going to be signed by Trump, including a package of billions of dollars, which we're going to talk about, and sending checks to Americans. We'll actually talk about if that's a good thing or not, but... This type of stuff is what divides America, what scares America, and what makes it not as great of a place to live. The Amer- America was founded on religious and moral principles that we can still use today and rely on today. Now, should we be prepared for for pandemics, issues, crisis, crises like this? Of course. But to suggest that you can't bring religion into anything is absolutely absurd. So that's just the first story of... Coronavirus already, and we'll get to a couple more. Just to mention, real quick, there will be some Give Me Liberty shorts, including one on the coronavirus. So stay tuned for that. We'll have even more information, more details, more news stories, current events, covering all in that Give Me Liberty short the coronavirus. So we'll talk a little bit more about it then. We'll get to a couple more stories before we're moving on in this episode, but just to make you aware of that, as it will be coming fairly soon. So there's, you know, lots of different responses, lots of different ideas that have come with the coronavirus and what how the government should respond to this. Now, uh, some have said that uh, checks will be sent to Americans within the next two weeks. and that's something that Trump quite possibly will even sign giving, you know money, cutting back taxes, help trying to aid the economy as much as possible during this crisis. And which has led many people to say, Maybe Andrew Yang is right about this whole thing. However, let's make a clear distinction, clear difference. Many Republicans are in favor now at this point of giving more aid to the economy, giving more money back to people. You know, obviously that includes cutting taxes, something they've always been in favor of, but lots of different things that Republicans might not normally be in favor of. So many Democrats are saying, oh, you know, You didn't like Andrew Yang then, but maybe you like him now. You know, a thousand bucks a month, that's something going around in the government right now, whether we should be doing that or not. Oh, you know, capitalism doesn't work in times like these. You know, all these sorts of responses to the coronavirus and the way Trump has been handling this. However, let's remember, let's remember, no matter how much, there's, there's a certain amount of money you can put into the economy before it starts to do no good. Now, of course, you can give money back to people, you can cut taxes, you can do all of these things that will help America, the American people, but let's consider that the United States is already $22 trillion in debt and no way out at this point. You can't be spending billions upon trillions of dollars. You know, money is just going to stop coming to you. And then what do you do when you have, you have, know, you have the military, for example, that needs this sort of funding? So in no way, shape, or form is Trump suggesting that Americans receive $1,000 a month or that you know we make all these things cheaper, more regulations. It's something that, that Republicans at this point believe is necessary to aid us through this crisis and this pandemic. It's not something that's going to be permanent. If it was permanent, it would be like the Democrats are saying, which would totally bankrupt our country. But there are measures that need to be taken now and some of that include, you know, giving more money. Now we won't talk about whether a thousand, two thousand bucks a month, not a month, you know, two Americans would be good. We'll talk about that again on the Give Me Liberty short, the coronavirus. But that's just a little update on that. And the last thing we'll get to on the coronavirus before we move on to Joe Biden, the Democratic nomination, happens to be about other words for the coronavirus. So some of these include the Chinese flu and the Wuhan flu. Now do I think you necessarily need to call the coronavirus the Wuhan flu? No, of course not. I'm me personally, I'm just calling it the coronavirus because, you know, that's that's the name for it. But there have been people on the right who, you know, China has been China is fully responsible for the coronavirus, trying to Hide information. We still don't know whether the information China is giving us is correct, allowing people to move around Wuhan to other places, not informing other countries about this. We didn't even know this was going to be a big thing until just a couple of weeks ago because of the Chinese government trying to cover up something that was hurting them internally. And now we're in the midst of a pandemic that could be really dangerous to our economy and health of the world. So is China responsible for this? Of course they are. China is 100% not the Chinese people, the Chinese government, the communist government that seeks to hide things, hide information from people, hide details from the world, hide the severity of what this actually is. China, Chinese government, the communist government, is completely responsible for the coronavirus, which has led many people to correctly call it the Wuhan flu, because this originated in Wuhan. It's originated in China. It's it's the Chinese government' fault for not making the world more aware of this sooner. So, but that's in a way, it's it's enraged the left. To a point where if you, if you say it's the Wuhan flu, you're now a racist. Now, it's not racist to say the Wuhan flu. It has nothing to do with Chinese ethnicity. It doesn't have anything to do with the Chinese people. But it does have a lot to do with the Chinese communist government that is doing everything it can to downplay the seriousness of it to make it look good to their people as they are communists. This is why communism stinks. This is why communism doesn't work. So in no way, shape, or form is calling it the Wuhan flu racist. Now, I'll I'll most likely refer to it as the coronavirus just because that's the word that most people are familiar with at this point, but the whole idea that you can't say it now because it creates a stigma is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so moving away from the coronavirus, we'll have more time to talk about that Later on the Give Me Liberty short, well, let's move on to something different for a change. We've already spent 20 minutes on this. Let's talk about the Democratic nomination. Now, I am 99% sure that Joe Biden is going to win the nomination at this point. There is no stopping Joe Biden. Now, of course, many many different political commentators have referenced this at this point. This, is, this should have been an easy election for Joe Biden from the beginning. He started with such high... Such a high polling average, you know, 40, 45% at the beginning. When there's a lot more candidates, actually, he had the name recognition. He was vice president under Barack Obama. He was one of the more moderate candidates, and we'll actually get to him not really being a moderate. But compared to Elizabeth Warren, compared to Bernie Sanders, compared to those those other candidates, he seemed to be more of the moderate choice. This is, should have been a really easy election for Joe Biden. Now, it wasn't, but Joe Biden is still going to win at this point. Most people thought he was done for, and then he won South Carolina, and that changed everything. So a couple a couple more states voted last night, and including Florida, which was a big state for Joe Biden, who is now leading the delegate count 1121 to Bernie Sanders 839. Now this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but at this point you see Bernie Sanders is losing so much steam, losing so much uh, losing so much in the polls, losing so much support that I would be incredibly surprised if Joe Biden did not win this thing. Now, before we go on this episode, I I want to talk a little bit about Joe Biden's ideology, which Sarah Sanders actually roasted Joe Biden for being an extreme liberal, which in today's political political world, you don't think of Joe Biden as the most extreme candidate. Let's talk about some of the things he actually believes in and agrees with. So first, let's just get to what Daily Wire has to say. So they say, quote, Over the course of just one week, Biden declared to Americans in South Carolina that if you elect me, your taxes are going to be raised, not cut, and announced in Texas that radical anti-Second Amendment proponent Beto O'Rourke will head up his gun control efforts when he's president. A week later, when a Michigan auto factory worker confronted him about actively trying to end our Second Amendment right, he cussed him out and claimed the man didn't need an AR-14, although he likely meant AR-15. The Democratic frontrunner also, has also been caught expressing his intentions to repeal the Hyde Amendment, which bars federal funding from most abortions. At one, at one point last fall, Biden's radical stance on abortion resulted in him being denied Holy Communion by a Catholic priest. During the June 19, 2019 Democratic debate, when all the candidates were told, raise your hand if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants, Biden was one of the candidates who did so. I mean, this is all true to this point. Joe Biden wants to take your quote unquote Air 14, meant Air 15. You know, Bedouin has endorsed him. Joe Biden has promised him a spot in his administration, leading the gun control efforts. I mean, if you listen to Bedouin O'Rourke talk about gun control, it's pretty insane how much he wants to do, how much he wants to take away your guns. And just go online and listen to him. It's absolutely crazy. And Daily Wire continues. On energy, Biden has also been gravitating to the left. Though he did not set outright that he would eliminate fracking, his campaign website explains that he tends to use the full authority of the executive branch to use the federal government to take actions such as, quote, aggressive methane pollution limits for new and existing oil and gas operations. The former vice president also said he would ban fracking nationwide if he thought he could, despite his belief that it would be highly unlikely, implying that he would ban as much as legally possible. As for a Democratic Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Green New Deal, Biden has expressed admiration for it and and said he would seek to flesh it out. Quote, What I did for what I thought beyond, at least in more detail, what the Green New Deal is calling for. The Green New Deal part is what gets me the most. The Green New Deal, something that would cost ninety three trillion dollars, and we're talking about the coronavirus effects on, you know, the United States. The Green New Deal would be far worse. <laughs> I I mean, sending money to a one time payment to American citizens, you know, an eight billion dollar plan, that's not even 93 times that wouldn't even get you the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal costs an insanely amount of money to do what? To eliminate cars, to eliminate planes, to rebuild buildings, to do everything possible that would completely destroy the United States economy to bring in new jobs. They tell you that it'll bring in new jobs, but what they don't tell you is that it'll take away so much more jobs. I mean, Joe Biden is not a moderate candidate. In fact, on the show, I'm not going to I'm not going to keep calling Joe Biden a moderate candidate. He's a moderate candidate in terms of Bernie Sanders, but even then, it's so far left that you can't even really you can distinguish Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, but it's getting closer and closer, which leads many to wonder what's going to happen when Biden wins the nomination. Because there's going to be a lot of Sanders supporters who are going to be very mad that Bernie Sanders did not win the election. So Biden's got to do something to appeal to Sanders supporters, whether that means offering Sanders a spot in the Biden administration or appealing to farther left policies than, than he's already said, which would make him an even more extreme, more extreme candidate than he already is. So this actually plays in Trump's favor because either solution to get the Bernie supporters back and to unite the party when he wins the nomination hurts him. He either offers Sanders a spot and Trump attacks Biden for having Sanders a spot because Sanders is a really easy candidate to attack just because of how far left his policies are. That's my, why many people thought that Trump would easily beat Bernie Sanders. But if Joe Biden tries to appeal more to Sanders supporters, you would be left with the same situation where Trump would just be directly attacking Joe Biden and some of the things he supports. So it's a lose-lose situation for Joe Biden, looking better for Trump on that front, but we still ought to see what happens with the coronavirus as that could change everything. It's wiped out the economy that Trump has built up Unfortunately, it'll, it will be a very interesting year to see how the coronavirus goes down, how Trump responds, how the government responds, how the economy is going to do, and of course the election and the primaries. Now before we go in this episode, I do want to play top 10 Joe Biden gaffes as, just to show this is the Democratic frontrunner right now. <laughs>
1: For saying that I was corrupt. He didn't say anything about whether or not I was telling the truth about Social Security. We've been doing everything we can do to keep Biden from being the nominee, and guess what? We tried it in in Iraq, it's not working, so now we're going to try, I mean, in Iran, excuse me, we tried in Ukraine. The Me Too movement has forced a cultural reckoning around the issue of sexual violence and harassment against women in America. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Very poor choice of words.
0: How do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election?
1: Number one, Iowa's a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a line dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. 15 with Hellfire missiles. There's no way an AK-47 is going to take care of you if, the, if you're going to take out, you worry about the government coming down, knocking down your door. We never said you, you could own any weapon at all. You can't have a magazine that has more than 10, 10 rounds in it. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again and look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. We've acted together. We have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. If you agree with me, go to Joe30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you.